Let it be a vehicle for your expression. Let it be a vehicle for creativity. Hold it lightly. Remember that mistakes happen on the same block as your success and failure. You've got to be willing to fail to succeed. Welcome to Unleashed. I'm Alexi Panos, a life, love, and business strategist, leadership trainer, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. And you found the place for getting real, no BS, tools, strategies, and inspiration on how to live your fullest potential, unlock your most authentic expression, and create a life and business that you're completely obsessed with. It's time to remove the chains that have been keeping us small. And it's time to live life unleashed. What is up, family? Welcome to this edition of Unleashed. I'm so excited to bring you a dear sister of mine who's just an epic human. She's one of the most hilarious people I know. And she's got a crazy story that led to where she is now. So we're going to get into all of that. But let me introduce you to Ashley Stahl. She is a counterterrorism professional. Like just let that land, first of all, who turned career coach and author of the book, U-Turn, out now, Get Unstuck and Discover Your Direction, Design Your Dream Career, held to the yes on that. And she's on a mission to help you step into a career that you're excited about and aligned with. I love those two things. Yes, yes, yes. Through her two viral videos, TEDx speeches, her online courses, her email list of 500,000 plus, and her show, The U-Turn Podcast. She's able to support clients in 31 countries discovering their best career path, upgrading their confidence, and how to land more job offers. She maintains a monthly career column in Forbes, and her work has been featured in Wall Street Journal, CBS, Self, Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, and more. So uh, without further ado, let me introduce you to this badass who is here with us today to share some amazing wisdom. Ashley, thanks for being here, babe. Man, you really infuse the vibe into my bio. Like I sound so much better when you read it. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I I read that and it's just like, I know how awesome you are. It's like, man, you, you are really, you are really accomplished and like really impressive on paper. But I will say for those who haven't had the opportunity to meet you in real life, you're even more impressive in real life. Like you're Um, one of my favorite people. Thank you. You are mine too. I, I always, when I'm around you, I'm like, okay, how do I create this energy? But it's like, you always remind me, I've got my own thing going on. I got to own it. And I think that's what you do for so many people. So I'm really grateful for you. Oh, well, thank you. So yeah. So let's talk about, first of all, counterterrorism expert. Yeah. Like I know about this and I just think it's <laughs> the raddest thing ever, but give me a little about that background. Like how does someone go from counterterrorism to career coach? That seems like a very interesting Point A to point B. It's so funny. I could tell two stories about it and one would sound like I'm super intentional and the other one would sound like I fell into it. And so I think it's somewhere in between. But (laughs) I I think like most people, I went to college and was like, I don't even know what to pick as a major. And I don't know where we learned as a collective belief that your major really influences your career. Like unless you're a doctor, maybe, but otherwise it's like, you know, we, I think we overthink what we commit to. And I certainly did. And so I went to the career services office, I remember, and she gave me all like the three worded tirades, like follow your bliss or you know, <laughs> find your passion. Like, I don't even know what she said, but it felt good, but I didn't really know what to do with it still. And so all I really had left was what I was interested in. And, you know, I grew up in a house where the news was always on and my dad always was fighting with my uncles about politics. And my mom always would try to kind of like calm it down, put a little water on the fire yeah. And I just kind of watched them and form my own little opinions for better or for worse. And it just seemed like the next move. 
for me to study politics in college. So I committed to government history, and then I was really natural at learning languages. So I picked French. And I, wow. you know, I don't know why I picked three majors. It wasn't like overachiever vibes, even though people think that. No, uh-huh. overachiever. I'm like, no, I was just all over the place, and that's what right. I want. Like I had no idea. That's all. (laughs) Exactly. And so I feel like I just followed that path, did everything, poured myself into it more than anything, because I just wanted to have an identity. I didn't want to be lost. I wanted something to talk about when people said, what are you doing with your life? I wanted to have an answer because it really sucks to go to holiday parties or whatever parties and people say, what do you do? And you're like, who knows? Like, it's a horrible feeling. So I just kind of picked that. And put all of myself into it. And you know how it is in personal development. There's nothing stronger than somebody's desire to have an identity. You know, like I'm the one who's this. I'm the one who's that. It makes us feel safe. And so I was the one who was pursuing a career that, in my opinion, really mattered. And having had family uh, in New Jersey on 9-11, New York, I really wanted to do something about it. I grew up in that whole era. And I think that Every generation has defining moments. Obviously, for Generation Z, COVID is going to be hugely defining for how they see the world. 9-11 was that for the millennial generation in a lot of ways. So I wanted to be the one who got Osama bin Laden and ended up graduating during the recession, couldn't get a job to you know save my life, and ended up taking what I could get, being an assistant. And there was this one day in my job where I contacted my university and I said, can you give me a list of people who graduated? And they sent me 2,000 names that moved to D.C. And I called every single name. I emailed every single name. Totally fell on my face. But about 100 out of that 2,000 really helped me. And that was when I realized life and your career is a freaking numbers game. And if you know that life is a numbers game, you don't get to say you're stuck. Because the only thing stuck is your thinking or your action taking. If you keep knocking on doors, keep knocking till your knuckles are bleeding, unfortunately, sometimes the doors (laughs) will open, you know? And so I had no excuses. I was playing like a champion. Like I'm going to keep calling and embarrassing myself until I learn how to talk to people and until I get results. Ended up getting a few job offers in DC. One was at the Pentagon. But along the way, with that list of emails with the job hunting. I loved how I love getting a job. I loved pursuit. And when mm. I accepted my role at the Pentagon in 20, I think it was like 2010, 2009, I was like, man, I missed job hunting. Like I missed the thrill of the hunt. And so I started helping other people with their job hunts. I thought it was so fun that they would have wow. offers and money coming and all this fun stuff. So ended up getting really good at that. People would say, you should be a career coach. I was like, that sounds weird. And then I started that business anyway (laughs) and totally have taken off since then. So it's been about a decade of, you know, being an online course creator, a a podcast host, an author, all of that jazz. I love that. Something that really stuck out to me on this that I think is so important to highlight for our listeners is that your willpower and your desire to create something kept you in the game. And I think so many people, especially with this, this last year we've all had with COVID where a lot of people are finding themselves flat on their face. You know, they're finding themselves made redundant at work and they're feeling kind of their will broken. And it's so important because that is something that we have control over is our willpower. Mm -hmm. And you just had the will to keep going, even though you sounded stupid on the phone, even though you didn't know who you were talking to and didn't know how to talk to them. You said, I'm in it until. Yeah. Until. Yeah. I love that. 
Yeah, you're right. And I guess that's what proceeds like knocking on all those doors is willpower. So as much as I can say life is a number game, life is willpower too. But it's hard because willpower doesn't always work, right? It's like eventually you get tired, eventually, you know, and I think that's the thing is like excitement is short lasting. Passion like keeps you super alive. And so uh, for me, I was so passionate about having a good life. And I was more scared at, as an admin assistant with that being my life, um, yeah. not because there's anything wrong with that job. It just wasn't what I wanted to do than I was of looking stupid. And I think yeah. the more stupid you're willing to look, the more fun your career is about to get, you know? Yes. I love that. I love that. Now, in your book, you started off with this idea where you literally say, I believe it's the first chapter, don't do what you love. Yeah. And I love this advice. Can you expand on this for the listener? Because I, I believe there's all these platitudes, like you mentioned earlier, follow your bliss. Da, 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 da. And it's, it's like, where's that getting us? <laughs> yeah, totally. Exactly. It's like a treadmill to nothingness sometimes. So yeah. one thing I learned, first of all, is there's this thing called the Google Engram and it, it tracks on Google phrases. And it can show you over periods of years how often that phrase has been cached or used in the engine. And what it really reflects is how much influence a phrase has on culture. And so you can see the concept of follow your passion from like the 80s to now skyrockets up like a curve. And so that just tells us that somebody said that concept and it took and it became a part of culture. Doesn't mean that it's valid career advice. Who knows? For me, I found that what you love is valuable, what you love is interesting, what you're passionate about, what your hobbies are, it all matters. But I find it's more of a backdrop than something you lead with. Like there's a huge difference between being a consumer of something and being a producer of something. Like I love film. I love um, cupcakes. You know me, I always talk about those. (laughs) That's right. I found out I'm gluten-free. You better believe I've got like gluten-free flour trying to make a cupcake still. (laughs) You're like, I will have a cupcake. I will not be stopped. Exactly. So love these things, but I'm not meant to produce them. That's not meant to be my career. I love five-star hotels. I love traveling. But if I'm a chef in the hotel, I'm not having a good time. I'm not meant to be the chef at the hotel. So what what really matters is the function of what you're doing, your skill set. And I really believe that there are different core skill sets that exist in the workforce and that people's happiness, people's fulfillment in their career, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in the workforce, comes directly back down to knowing what your core skill set is, your primary one. You might have two or three, but what is that primary one that you want to harness with you throughout your career? Because that comes back down to the what of your career. What are you doing? How is your day spent? How are you harnessing your energy? My skill set is words. So here I am like talking your ear off, you know, like this is what I know how to do. Um, it matters if you're introverted or extroverted, like how are you harnessing your skill set? If words, if I'm an introvert, my words should definitely be more written, which most of the time they are because I am more yeah. introverted than people realize. Um, you know, like, I feel like socially you see me as an extrovert, like off the walls, but professionally right. I'm kind of introverted. Yep, yep, and, yep. and so I feel like, you know, knowing, are you supposed to be this externally focused person? So Really knowing that, knowing, um, and then there's the how of how your career looks. That comes back to your core values. That comes back to the culture you work in, the people you work with. If you value integrity, you probably can't sell something you don't believe in because your job is going to violate your core values. And so your interest is really just a backdrop. It's the building you're standing in. It's not the way you're using your hands, your mouth, your eyes, your, your energy, 
you know, whether you're typing or talking or something, that's that it's secondary. So that's probably the biggest message I would have for anybody in their career. And I think that, you know, your life quality is tied to your questions that you asked, you know, and your quality of your relationships. And if you're asking yourself the question, what industry do I go into or what am I passionate about? It's not getting you into what's your skill set? Where are you gifted? Because yeah. according to research, we like what we're good at. You know, like things are more fun than we with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We feel really good when we're kicking ass in life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew that if you suck at something, you're not having any fun? Like I found that out the hard way. Yeah. Exactly. Same. Yeah. But I love this too, because it takes the concept of purpose and kind of it deflates it a little bit. It pulls the air out of it. Right. And so many people I find get trapped in this idea of like, I need to find my purpose. I need to, what is my passion? I don't know what my passion is. And I love this concept because it's saying you can have a million passions. You can have a million different things you love and love to do and love to experience, but that doesn't mean that's what you are going to put your work towards. And so finding the skill set is really imperative, but where does somebody start if they're like, well, what am I good at? I have no idea what my core skill is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this was the guide for both of the TED talks I did, because this is the question, like, how do you even know what you're good at? I mean, it's, it's so hard. And according to research, we don't really know ourselves as well as other people tend to know us. Like, you've done so much work around relationships. So I'm sure you've seen the data that like people will know, like friends will know if you're going to, your marriage is going to last more than you tend to know. And it's like, why? Because there's just a neutral observer effect where they just want to see if you're happy. They just want to see if you're yourself versus, you know, it's hard to read the label when you're inside the jar. And so, yeah. So I recommend people just kind of collect some research from friends and family, ask your parents, ask your, a couple of your colleagues, ask a couple of friends, when have you seen me at my best, you know, or you can ask it more professionally. Like, when have you seen me at my best in my career um, or my work? Like what, what, what's your take on when I'm really shining? And I like to write this question out. Cause I like to get written responses back from people. Yep. It's so powerful to get that information and to really be able to see oh, wow, so-and-so sees me at my best when I'm talking to people. So-and-so sees me at my best when I'm writing. Like, how do I look when I'm my best? Um, And once you kind of look at that, you can know there's a core skill set under the patterns that you see in that feedback. What is that core skill set for you? Mm, So it's definitely about getting inquisitive about how you're showing up in the world. And you're so right. It's hard for us to see ourselves. You know, in a lot of the work I do and I teach with myself and my husband, we do a ton of feedback. We do feedback interviews constantly because we don't know what we don't know and we can't see what's in our own way sometimes because we're just so in it, right? We're just so focused on our path that we can't see outside of it. So I love this idea. So if somebody gets these interviews and let's say they've got 10 interviews, they've done five with friends and close family members, five maybe with past employers or people that have seen them in the workplace. And let's say they boil it down to one thing. Yeah. Where do they go from there? Is it then about saying, okay, it's words. And what are the 10 ways I can apply words in my life or, or yeah. what's that next step? Yeah, it's really an umbrella. And I also think skill sets are an energy. So it's not just like words. So look at it through a tactical lens. Like another skill set would be like building. And that's very much energy. You can be tactical, like a construction worker, but the building core skill set can also be somebody who is... I don't know, building a website. You know what I mean? It's, it, it doesn't have to be so direct. It's really just an energy of how you're using your mind, yourself, and, and your thoughts throughout the day and how you are best suited to use it. 
So I would say another exercise that I love recommending is just putting quadrants on a piece of paper and putting good at and not good at at the top and like and don't like on the sides because your good at and like box is definitely going to point you to your core skill set. You're just going to like what you're good at, like we talked about. You're not good at, but like box, that's kind of your zone of growth. I would say an ideal career has maybe 20 to 15% in that zone of growth, but most of your career, 60, 70% should be in that good at and like course skill set box. And then I would also say kind of figuring out, is it wounded or is it inspired? Like another core skill set I see is service. And There's a lot of people out there that are meant to be that supporting, nurturing, humanitarian helper. There's a lot of people who are people pleasers because they learned it as a coping mechanism. Yep. And, yep. and then there's both. There's like, this is how I learned to be in my household as a kid. And I'm really good at it and have a great damn time doing it, which yeah. means that that's also a really good position to be in. So I would say just having clarity, like, is your skill set trauma or is your skill set you? And if yeah. it's you, amazing. Um, And and another piece of the puzzle is kind of going back to being an introvert or an extrovert, because introverts, like we talked about, you know, the building skill set, they might not want to be doing construction or, you know, if they're a hands-on person, that's too too socializing for them. Maybe they want to be a mechanic, like maybe they just want to be behind, you know, below a car by themselves. So that internal external factor really matters. I mean, I could go on forever about it, but one thing I love to look at is this entire field of work called job crafting. And I know it's like very Star Wars vibes, like job crafting. Yeah. And I like this one because once you figure out what that skill is that you're using, if you're not leading with it in your job or in your business and you want to be, and you don't want to go cold turkey and just burn the bridge behind you and stop doing what you're doing, you can job craft. You can talk to your boss and say, there's this project I think would be super valuable here. It's using a skill set I love using. Can I take this on? I think that really sets you up to position yourself for your next career move. That project becomes a lily pad and something that you can dialogue about, not just verbally, but on your resume. And oh, I love that. Yes. So, so I'm good. talk your ear off, but you know, these are some. Well, stuff. and I, I really want to point people to the book for this too, because you give so many great examples of these skill sets mm-hmm. and, and how to kind of craft and how to work it in your life. But I kind of want to take a slight left turn here because we're talking about career and, and as you're talking and as I'm, I'm hearing and listening and thinking about my own path, I, I want to know, because you're someone who does so much research and you're tapped into all of the research that's done. Why does it matter to be aligned with our career? Like, why, why do we need this now, especially yeah. in our time now? Yeah, well, I mean, according to speaking of research, like if you don't like your job, you're more likely to gain weight, get sick and have relationship problems or depression. It's, it's literally just numbers. It's just what yeah. studies are. And not everybody is a piece of data, but I think it would make sense that if you're not enjoying or stimulated from nine to five, you're not going to be able to turn on a happy switch at five when your family's around you or something like, or, or in today's world, we're all working remotely. And so I think you're in, and you know, like you and I were talking about before we were recording, it's all love. So you can't be in your love when you are in like your constriction, in your contraction, in your smallness, in your unhappiness. And it's also very depleting, you know, like I know a lot of people listening. It's like, if you don't like what you're doing, it feels like you're pushing a river. Like, Oof, yeah. and if you're working in a core skill set that isn't yours, like for example, 
in counterterrorism, I was in the analysis core skill set. Like I was looking at intelligence, finding patterns. I am not a detail-oriented person. It took me <laughs> years to figure that out. Terrifying that, you know, I would be in charge of a detail like that. Right. <laughs> but I, I could do it. It was just, it was like, it was like I needed glasses and I couldn't see and I had to squint extra longer to read stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's that feeling. Yeah. Like you were pushing, 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 pushing. Yeah. pushing and pulling water out of a rock. So I just had to work so hard to do that B plus A minus job that somebody whose core skill set is analysis would be A plusing it the whole way through and having Mm. such a time. And so there's really two reasons people usually don't enjoy their work. One is they're just working out of the wrong core skill set. And it's like, you're forcing your whole day into a box that you don't fit in. Mm. Number two is your core values, which is a whole different planet. That's like, you know, what we were talking about, if you value integrity and you're selling something you don't believe in, if you value family and you're working 90 hours a week, that's just not going to work. And, and there's one sensation people will have in their career of something's missing. The something's missing feeling often it's like, oh, there's this really important core value. I'm not practicing. It's, it's, It's a little bit more gnawing on your, on your soul, but something that like really gets you into loathing is when your core value is being violated, when it's being trespassed yeah. on, when it's being infringed upon, when act like I've had so many people sell things, they can't believe they're selling it or they have to troubleshoot something that they think is really stupid. It's like, you know, for lack of a better term, I hate that I'm using yeah. stupid, but you know, it's like, that's what I hear people say. And I, and I yeah. get it. And you're, you, you just can't dishonor what's at the root of the non-negotiable principles by which you mm. see your life. And, yeah. and, and, and that's also something that gets people stuck is they think to themselves, like, you know, I don't like my job, so I must be not cut out for this thing. It's like, well, but are you just not, is your core value just being violated? Maybe the what of what you're doing, the core skills that's working and you just have a really awful boss and maybe that's, yeah. or maybe your team isn't supporting you and you do like your business, but you yeah. just are hiring the wrong people. So it's, really taking a look at the whole pie before you throw it out and just evaluating, like, is this one slice just off? And I just need mm. to that and diagnose that. That's so important. Cause I think a lot of people have this black or white understanding when it comes to work where it's like, well, I either love it and I'm in bliss every day and I love what I do, or I hate my job and I have to quit and start my own thing. And I do think there's a whole lot of gray when it comes to this, where, like you said, you can job craft, you can really get clear about your values. You can kind of get into the analytics of why it's not feeling right. And then see if you can shift within your current situation first before jumping off and saying, screw it, I'm becoming an entrepreneur and doing my own thing, or I'm canceling this business or blowing it up and doing this one. What do you have to say to that? I mean, I do think, um, so I'm not a psychologist, even though I have a master's in psych. I will say that what I've learned reading psychology is there's like a spectrum of mental, mental wellness And there's some mental illnesses that, you know, people have that actually often appear in entrepreneurs because there's this level of dopamine rush and instability that sometimes exists in the entrepreneurial mind. Mm. That is sometimes a symptom of something that needs to be addressed in your well-being and in your wellness. And yet it's that dopamine rush. It's that addictive trait. It's that desire to burn the bridges behind you and start over that makes you really successful. So it's Sometimes that your well-being and your the things that make you succeed can be kind of a tangled relationship. But I would say uh, I do think people are too quick to blow things up. And I never would have said this in the past, 
especially as somebody who wrote a book called U-Turn, like Y-O-U-Turn, like come back to yourself, make a U-Turn. It's like, there's a lot of ideas around blowing up something so that something else works. And definitely more times than I would say a lot of people are doing your everyday person, not your entrepreneur, but people in the workforce, they're not blowing something up fast enough. They're sitting, they're marinating. But I would say the entrepreneurs are too quick to blow up and delete versus how can I pivot on this? How can I delete this piece of this um, and remove the extreme thinking um, and the quickness, you know, and it's interesting, like that quickness really served me for a lot of years. I had that and I've had to do a lot of personal development to slow myself down. And it really is true that you speed up when you slow down. It's just so true. Yeah. decisions. You're not cleaning up messes of decisions that you thought were right, but they're not. You're so much more in that anchoring that I think you actually have a lot of that anchoring. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Maybe three kids will do that to you, you know, three kids, three kids will do a lot to you, but they'll definitely (laughs) anchor some stuff. (laughs) So good. Um, Now I want to talk about who you are as a career woman and what you've created, because I think when I first met you, that was really what stood out to me is not just how, amazing you are and humble you are and funny you are and all the amazing qualities and traits I love about you. But it's it's what you've been able to create in your life and how you've been able to do it. I think there's so much magic there that could really serve the audience because we've got a lot of entrepreneurs. We have a lot of people in the workforce that are considering doing maybe a side hustle or something else. And I just think you you bring so much value and wisdom to how you've mm-hmm. gone about building your own career and, and securing two TED, TED Talks, which were amazing and went viral, great, mm-hmm. from being a contributor in Forbes magazine, oh my gosh, amazing, to having all this press, to creating an incredible email list. What would you say are like the, the one to three, if you got three, awesome, but I'll just settle with one. What would you say are the things that were instrumental in helping you create these huge aspects of your career that one person would dream of only having one of those and you've just kind of done all of them in a very short period of time. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. I feel like number one is like, I was willing to participate in the illusion at the beginning. And so what that looks like for me is a lot of people, especially when we started our businesses or in like the early millennium time, it was all like, especially when Facebook ads began, it was all like, get rich quick, like get leads, spray them to a page, spray and pray that your thing converts. Like, and then once it converts, you're just going to make a ton of money, whether you have the advice or all of the stuff to fully hold it, who knows? Mm, And so I feel like we're in an age where people are seeing through that. And what you need to do is continually provide value. I wanted a business that could sit on rock and not on quicksand. And that was so much bigger and more solid than a Facebook ad. And that was something that I, I don't say I made the mistake of doing, but that I realized early on. And so for the first year of my coaching business, I made my personal brand just as important, if not more important than making money. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to make less money my first year in business, almost no money, if I could create a personal brand. So whether you're a corporate or you're an entrepreneur, you should have a personal brand in today's world. It's how recruiters can differentiate you. We're seeing the data that more than 90% of recruiters will Google you before they hire you. And that personal brand is going to show up in your salary negotiations. Or if you're a consultant, it's going to show up in your negotiations with a client-based opportunity. So it's important to just work on that. 
I see the internet as a place with many different islands on it and you can put different illusions of who, and I say illusions because I do think it's an illusion. Like, yeah, it's not the fullness of us. Yeah, exactly. It's like all of this content was living inside of me, whether I put it out there and made this impression of me or not. So it's, it's an avalanche really like personal branding is an avalanche and you can start small. So Anybody can come up with a list of outlets that they think their employer or their clients would love to read them in or get the, you know, see them as more credible in. Rank them from lowest to highest hanging fruit. Which ones do you think you can get to? Figure out what the guidelines are. Like Forbes pays their writers and you need to know an editor there to pitch yourself. Whereas thoughtcatalog.com takes an online upload submission and it will just appear on their website if they want to take your work. So it's all sorts of different ways to get into press, but once you get three or four pieces of credible links, the world is your oyster. You can pitch yourself to bigger platforms and get that credibility. So that's one thing. I also think there's, so that's just participating in the illusion and building up islands and creating an avalanche in your personal brand. But the other thing that I've really worked on is finding that sweet spot between consumption and creation. Like, Mm. Yes. Preach girl. This is like, uh, yes. Yes. Well, this is huge for like manifestation too, because I, I know there's a lot of people who are just taking in information all the time and, and then they're paralyzed, which, you know, perfectionism, we, you know, I talk about is just a mask for being afraid of failing and it's okay. And you need to work it through. So I would say making sure you're consuming enough where you are getting new energy moving through you, you're getting new ideas moving through you, or else you feel like you're in a loop with yourself. Like this, there's a period where I was like, I have seven hours of great content and that's all I've got. Like, Mm. and and then it it wasn't because I consumed things that I had to repeat what I had heard. That's not what happened. It was that my aperture expanded and I had new ideas of my own of what I thought about the world. And that brings me into the third thing that was really important was around manifestation and choice-making. So one of the biggest things I talk about is intuition. Mm. And I talk about that a lot in my book where I I believe that it's really quite a simple thing. And I know a lot of people in self-help will ask, what's the difference between intuition and fear? And I think intuition is absolute and it's quiet and it's it's minimalist. It's, it's, this is good. This isn't good. It's a sifting system. It's not emotional. It's not going on about something. That's your ego. So I feel like if we can start to notice, and if we can't notice what feels good or what doesn't, then the work is about, getting back to yourself. Then the work is what places people or things make you feel yourself. Because when you're in that state, you get more creative. So um, I know that if I don't feel myself, I got to get myself to the ocean or I need to see friends like you. I need to connect with friends and have conversations. And I get so much more grounded. I get so much more in my body. And then I'm like, oh, it feels so good to be grounded. And that starts to leak other places. I start to get more ideas that are more myself. Um, And then I think the other thing is don't do things you don't like doing. Um, There is a level of having to do something because work is called work for a reason. So it's, do you think there's too high of a bar in the rhetoric we read in career advice? Like you should love your job. Love is a very strong word. I think you should really like what you're doing. And um, at the least, and I think if 75% of the time you really like it or you're stimulated or you're using your core skill set, you're winning. And um, you know, if 20% of the time it feels like work, that's okay too. I think yeah. that there's character building in that as well. And so for me, it's not that I am not willing to work. 
It's that I'm not willing to do things I really, really don't want to do in in an ongoing basis as who I am in my career. So I'm not, you know, I didn't start a YouTube channel until probably this coming year. I will, because I just didn't want to, I didn't want to be on video. Like you're so good at video. I was like more introverted, more audio based. This year I realized, wow, you know, I have a different way of doing YouTube. I want to write scripts and use it as a writing opportunity, not as a video opportunity. So I found a way to resonate with it. And now Mm -hmm. I'm putting it, I'm going to put it out there in a way that works for me. So I love that. Yeah. Not pushing. Yeah. There's so much magic in what you shared in there because again, I do think so many people are so black and white about it. And when you were talking about you know, there's a percentage of your work that you may not love. You might like it or maybe even dislike it. I thought about my kids, you know, I love my kids, but there's a solid percentage of stuff that I do around my children that I'm not like, oh my God, I love this. This is amazing. It doesn't take away from my love for my children, but do I like changing dirty diapers? No, I don't. (laughs) Part of the game. Yeah, And, And I think there is some and character building, you said that, and that really resonates. It's like, that's what makes us who we are. When we have those things that test us and challenge us and stretch us outside of what we love, it actually creates some tension in life. And, and, you know, we can go a little spiritual here too, as well. Our spirit needs that tension. It wants some sort of tension to experience being human. And I think that's such an important aspect of what you shared there. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's sometimes kind of tough to tell, like, is this just pe- that, that work piece of this or is this like what it is? And I can't do that because it's making me be someone else. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a relationship. Like, is this fight just like never going to end or is this part of who we need to become, you know? And I think only you can answer that. And, you know, that's part of anxiety. Sometimes we go shopping for everybody else's opinion because we don't want to listen to our own. And, it's like time to listen to ourselves and seek advice where it's necessary, but also listen to ourselves. Yeah. And that's what I really love about what you're sharing is that it's, again, like your title of your book, you turn, it's coming back to you. And so much of everything in life really comes to the work of knowing the self. And when you know who you are, you can thrive in all aspects of your life. And I just think to, to the idea of confidence, you know, so many women I work with, in particular, have this thing around confidence. Oh, I'm not confident yet. I'm not confident. It's like, we well, can't be confident if you don't know. And, and sometimes even just knowing your, your core skill sets or knowing your values or knowing what you love, what you don't love, that gives you a confidence in who you are. Knowing mm-hmm. that you're an introvert versus an extrovert. It's like, well, I'm confident that I want to stay at home and read a book tonight. And I feel good about that. Yeah. It just, it lends to this, this new relationship with ourselves that really permeates everything we do in life. So I just, yeah. I love all this. I really yeah. love all this. You're also touching on like the idea of like when people get fired, there's like all of this shame or wrong making in their head. It's like, what are you talking about? That's feedback. That's like yeah. you're in the wrong skill set. If you're in the right yeah. skill set, that is not going to happen. I assure you. Oh yeah. Even like I've had, I've had employees that have worked for me that I couldn't afford, but I made a way to afford them because they were that good. Yes, totally. Or even when I was in the workforce, I had a direct report who had a horrible attitude, was really tough to work with, but he was so in the right core skill set. Like he wasn't one of my analysts that I was like, I can't fire you. You're too good. I can't let you go. 
So whether, yeah. you know, it's it, your core skill set pays off across the board, it's going to get you paid more, you're going to have more fun. People won't even want to let you go if they don't like you because it's just you're working in your zone of genius. Mm, I love it. Yes. All right. So let's get a little personal because, yeah. you know, we're talking about getting to know the self and a question that I actually haven't asked any other guests up until today. So you're my first guest I'm asking this question Yay. to, but I know. And it's a question I want to ask because what I'm finding in a lot of my work is that the more we humanize people at the top and people doing well and authors and speakers and coaches and all the things, the more we humanize that, the more we open up possibilities for everyone else. So it's, it's a question that you can feel free to give me as much as you want, but um, what is it currently in your life that you feel you're seeking a deeper relationship to, or you haven't fully unleashed yet that you're looking yeah. to connect to? Yeah, you really hit it with that question anyway, because before we were recording, I was talking about my health, you know, and mm -hmm. it's so interesting, like all you, all of our girlfriends, everybody's so wellness focused, you know, and I grew up in a house with bagels and carbs everywhere. And like, you're lucky if you found a vegetable, like I ate my whites. You did too. You no Girl, I'm Greek. I'm Greek. Yeah. I literally go to my dad's house still. And he's got a giant basket. That's the size of the table of like 40 different breads. Oh my gosh. That's what's up. That's my joy. See, so just a bunch of gluten. I, I could just blend that in a smoothie and take shots of it. Like, honestly. Hey. Like yeah, give me a croissant and I'm a happy girl. Yeah. Like what else is there? And so I... Yeah. I've been that way. And people would always say like, you know, you can't really be at your full capacity mentally if you're not physically well. And I think a lot of people get used to not feeling well and they don't realize they don't feel well. And so for me, I've always had really low energy, even though I seem really energetic, which you kind of, I feel like have some of that as well, where you used to be not even realizing yeah. if you had less energy because you're so adrenaline and I'm the same way. And so it wasn't until recently I started to really tune into how do I feel when I eat this food? How do I feel when I eat that food? And my partner, William, told me the other day, he said, 70% of the time you say to me that you don't feel 100%. Wow. And I was like, that's crazy. And sometimes it takes an outside source to show you where you're at. Yep. And he's right. Most of the time I wake up and I feel really tired when I wake up. Mm. That's not supposed to be happening. You're not supposed to feel tired when you wake up. You just slept. Yeah. Um, you know, I will get a stomach ache from certain foods that's not supposed to happen. And I'm realizing now as someone who's really teaching, you know, purpose as part of your well-being, that this is keeping me from my purpose fully. This is keeping me from stepping in because I don't have the energy, especially if I have a family to really stretch in the levels that I want to in my career until I tend to this. So I've been getting really on it with food. I just got an air fryer and I literally don't know how life existed before my air fryer. Have you gotten one of those? I got the Ninja Foodie air fryer oh pressure gosh. cooker. It's so good. What is it? What is that? I can't I believe know. it. I'm like, you where have you been my entire life? Yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can eat bar food that doesn't have any calories. How is this real? Right, right. Oh my God. Fried chicken that's not fried. Are you kidding me? So it's all so I do sad. is talk about my air fryer now. I swear I could go on five more podcasts and just be like, let's talk about the air fryer. <laughs> it is great, guys. I'll put a link to the one that I use. Oh, Go for well, it. <laughs> well, that's great. Okay, so your health, your health is something that you feel is holding you back. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like if you had full capacity of your health right now, mm -hmm. what do you think would be possible that hasn't opened for you? Oh my gosh. I think I would be way more detail oriented. So my partner, uh, William, he's 
the most detail-oriented, like exact strategic analytical guy. And I'm none of that. Um, I'm all feelings <laughs> and thoughts. And so- Cancer, right? You're a cancer. No, Gemini, but still, Gemini, but right. cancer, I think is like my rising or my, it's one of them okay. it's in there. Yeah. But I, I feel like details make me tired because I'm already using all my capacity in my work. So when he is like, Hey, this is the right way to do this thing. And I'm always, you know, there is no right way, but he does have some ways. I'm like, man, it's probably the right way to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the mental capacity. Like I I feel like my energy is depleted by the end of the day. Like even loading the dishwasher properly, like the dishwasher had a little dilemma the other day. I was like, Oh, this is my energy problem. All manifesting in a dishwasher broken. Um, and so I think I'm learning to just, um, or I'm I'm wanting to learn to be more detail oriented through my health to be more excellent. I think when you have a lot of energy, you have that, that space between the A and the A plus you're, you're fine. I always thought the A plus people were crazy in grad school. I was like, you got, (laughs) you're willing to put like 20 more hours into this thing. Like I can study for 10 hours and get an A minus you're willing to study for 35, 40 hours and get an A plus like why would I, that's just 80, 20, dude. Like that was, how yeah. you know, yeah. yeah but now yeah, I'm yeah. like, eh, I kind of want an A plus, you know, yeah. that's, raise that's my great. Standard. It's like your own personal level of mastery you want to experience. Yeah. My word for 2021 is excellence. And so that's what I'm trying to step into with my health and with my relationship and with my work. Mm, that's so admirable. I think that's something I love that word. That's one of my favorite words. It's one really? of my top values. Excellence. I'm a Virgo, so details are yeah. my jam. Oh I was that gosh. person who studied 35 hours. I was the crazy one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sense. Yeah. The use of the world. Like I would watch you and I couldn't understand. Like yeah. you, and I have no idea how, I mean, it's so much excellence. It's, and that word never resonated for me. I actually thought that word was crazy. I'm like, who puts excellence on themselves? Like, just be you. You don't yeah, have yeah, to be yeah. excellent. Just be you. And now I'm like, no, but I want to be me the best that I can be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's so good. So good. All right. So as we begin to wrap this up, I would love to hear from you. I mean, you've worked with so many people from all over the world and so many different backgrounds. And we're in such a pivotal moment right now, which I mean, your book is coming out at the perfect time because of everything that's happening. What would you say... One is the one thing that gets in the way for most people when they're feeling stuck or they're struggling. And then two, what's, what's the best piece of advice you can give them in terms of where to start? Yeah, I would say the number one thing is taking your career too seriously. That's such mm-hmm. a block. People hold their next move so heavily. I had a client who got a job offer in Berlin. He was like in tech in San Francisco. And the amount of agony he was in when he hired me because he didn't know if he should take it or not. It was like, I just simplified it. I'm like, well, how does it feel to go there? He's like, exciting. I'm like, how does the job feel? Is it using your skill set? He's like, yeah. I'm like, so what do you have to lose? He's like, well, I've like, end my lease early. And I'm like, okay, how much is that going to cost you? He's like, probably $2,000. I'm like, great. What kind of raise are you getting? And he's like, $20,000. i am like, cool. You know, what What else is going to, well, it's inconvenient. And what if my friends are here? And then I'm like, okay, so what's the worst thing that happens? You move, you lose about two grand and then you don't like it. And well, yeah, then I need to get another job. I'm like, but you can hold your career yeah. lightly. There are more jobs. This is not a blood pact, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so anybody who's listening, I just hope that from this conversation, they hold their career lighter. Let it be a vehicle for you. Let it be a vehicle for your expression. Let it be a vehicle for creativity. Hold it lightly. Remember that mistakes happen on the same block as your success and failure. 
You've yes. got to be willing to fail to make, to succeed. And if you're not holding your career lightly, every single thought is going to be taking you so much time that John Doe over there has, you know, failed so many times that he's figured himself out before you have. And yeah. so I would say, just hold your career lightly. Mm, I love that. That goes back to that idea of don't being afraid, don't be afraid to fail. Like, yeah. Let the per- perfectionist go and allow yourself to actually experience something that may not work out perfectly, but will give you a taste of maybe what's closer for you. So I love that. That's great. Okay. So what would you say is the first step for people who um, are feeling stuck? I would say the first step is to write a list of things that make you feel yourself and mm. places and people and make time for those things and start to get more back into yourself. I'll say the next step is to write down on the top of a piece of paper. If your goal is clarity, like what can I do from where I am now with what I have now to get more clarity and just unobstructed write down any idea you have and star the ones that feel inspiring and start considering taking some inspired action. I love that. Solid advice right there. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I'm so excited for your book. I know it's going to serve so many people and Um, I just love you and I love how you continue to say yes to you and how that's looked so different over the years. And I'm just excited to see how that continues to transform and evolve and expand in my experience of you. So thanks for being you, girl. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for everybody, whoever gets the book or is inspired. It means a lot. And I I just, it's so fun to be here with you after COVID. Like so much has gone on this year and it's nice to see your face and see how happy you are and all that jazz. Oh, well, thank you. And where can people find your book? Where can they follow you online, join your newsletter and all the things? There's all sorts of things. So the book is at uturnbook.com. It's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N book.com. If you get it there, you can upload your receipt and get a bundle of so many free courses. It's actually crazy. There's so many free things on there. I feel like I should put myself on there. Like (laughs) it's not me because there's so much. And so um, just upload a screenshot of your receipt and get a bunch of free courses um, I'm on Instagram. I have my show, the U-Turn podcast. Um, same thing, Y-O-U, turn. And my newsletter, yeah, there's a quiz on my website to figure out your career path, how to discover your dream career path. So if you take the quiz, it'll pop you on my newsletter every single week with career advice. Mm, so good. I'll put all the links to that in the show notes. And again, thank you for spending time with me, with us. And for the listeners, you guys know that time is our most valuable resource, as is our energy. So thank you for spending it with us. I hope that this illuminated something for you or planted a seed for you that will grow and expand as something more authentic and more fully expressed for your life and your journey. Thank you. That being said, if you haven't joined the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you know when the next episode is going to come out. Make sure you follow this girl everywhere. She's incredible and she's up to extraordinary things. I'm also going to put the link to your TED Talks too so that people can catch the vibe of your talks as well. And um, stay you, stay aligned and stay unleashed. Love you.